Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with his Thursday expert, Mr. Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. I, I want to talk to that. I want to talk to the audience who are going through their first bear market, maybe their first recession, and just remind them uh, that, yeah, that times are scary. Uh, I will tell you that just like good times never last, bad times never last, but when you're in it, that's hard to appreciate. Uh, and I just want to remind folks that sometimes doing nothing and being in cash is the right answer for you. So I'll leave it there. Let, kind of, what do you think of that statement? Do you agree? Disagree? Yes. I think doing nothing is often the best choice, and uh, and it could be it could mean a lot of different things, right? It could mean doing nothing by being in cash and not being invested in the market. Mm -hmm. It could mean just staying in the market is writing it out if you're talking about the stock market right Could if you're be. if you're in index funds and you're like whatever you're not gonna like your index fund is not going to go bust right right it won't go to zero companies in it will but your risk you know you've spread your risk across the whole index right of companies that you know the the great recession is a great example of that right the market tanked if you sold because it tanked because you got scared that was bad because right. it just came roaring back and then you weren't, you were out of the market when it came mm -hmm. roaring back. Uh, real estate's the same way. If you own a good asset and it is cash flowing and you're making yeah. you that service and you have a reasonable margin of safety, meaning that even if you lose a few tenants, you're still going to make your debt service, you can just ride this out. There's no reason to panic sell the property. You just keep on holding it, right? Mm -hmm. that, so doing nothing is the best thing to do. The worst thing to do is react to the news in a panic way and sell, you know, unless I would only say that if you're smart enough to sell sort of at the top, mm -hmm. right? That's one thing, but I mean, who, who can time it, right? Mm -hmm. But you sell near the top and then you get back in at the bottom. That's hard to do, right? Yeah. But, but there are sophisticated players who, you know, it's not like they sell at the top and get at the bottom, but what they're doing is as the market is rising, they're starting to take chips off the table mm -hmm. because they know that what goes up must go down again right. and they want to be ready for it. But it's not like they're waiting till the last minute and selling everything and then trying to put everything back in the market at the bottom. They're, they have sort of a strategy of selective liquidation of assets that they think are overvalued. Mm -hmm. They're not going to cry if you know, there's still some upside left after they sell. Mm -hmm. because this is part of the, a, a thought out strategy of stockpiling cash for what they know is going to happen. And then they're going to dive all in. And, you know, you and I have talked for, I mean, we used to talk about it a lot before COVID and then COVID sort of like just, you know, took, hmm. took over everything. Right? right. But before COVID, you know, you and I were talking about guys like Sam Zell and Warren Buffett who were looking around and they were stockpiling cash like crazy, yeah. sitting on billions and billions of dollars because they, because they were like, you know what? I've made my money. I'm taking chips off the table because I mm -hmm. want cash because I know that, some, that there's a buying opportunity coming and I want to be ready for it. Yeah. We that could have anticipated COVID and then the government response, which was just to like massively dump money you know, yeah. on the world. You know, inflating all these assets, but now look what's happening. Now we are starting to pay the price for that because mm -hmm. the Fed has got to take the punch bowl away. And yeah. 
they have no choice. It's come out in inflation. That's inflation is essentially the economy being drunk, right? Yeah, exactly. And now they've got to like, you know, it's like last call, buddy. You know, mm. so yeah, the pain is the hangover is coming. Yeah, what what I would tell someone who's going through this the first time is I remember being first off I remember being that person who thought making money was easy, got confident, got cocky, and then lost eighty percent. So I know what that feels like. It sucks. Uh, I also will freely admit to being an emotional investor, right? Um, and now what I tell people is, hey, if your if your portfolio or whatever you're invested in, whether it's real estate to crypto, wherever it is on the spectrum, if it keeps you up at night. That's a sign that you're you're overinvested, in my yeah. opinion. Um, but yeah, if, uh, back to your point about index funds and the like. You know, if if you have different piles of money, right, and you have your four hundred one k or or retirement money in an index, it's kind of the deal, right? It, it's a roller coaster. You, you kind of leave it there. But uh, you know, if you have your emergency fund in an index, that's probably not a great idea, right? Your emergency fund, as people are learning needs to be in cash. That's, that's the whole idea of emergency fund, putting your emergency fund and chasing five, 6% because I don't, it's worked before. Not a great idea, right? Emergency, having cash is okay. Being fully invested all the time. I'm not a fan of that. So it, having some cash is okay. Yeah. And not, not, and not just for the opportunity, but I mean, you make a good point for the emergency, like that should be the most conservative investment, mm-hmm. not, which is cash. Right. And mm-hmm. Uh, or we talked about money markets, like before money markets used to be that where you yeah, put that used money, to be that place, yeah. Get a little bit of interest on it, right? Um, and uh, there's there's that, but there's also I think you know what, especially for people who have never witnessed a down market before, and the idea that the market is always going to go up, they they've got FOMO about keeping their yeah guy powder on hand. And what they don't realize, and they're like, oh, well, inflation. And now, you know, the inflation argument is even sort of more potent. Than yeah, it's actually inflation. got some teeth. <laughs> yeah, when inflation was 1.8%, eh. really was not a very potent argument, although people made it all the time. Now, you know, at that it's 8%, it has a lot more teeth. Nevertheless, you know, losing 8% to inflation, or let's say 16% over two years of inflation, if it stays this high, is not as bad as losing 30% of your money because you left it, you invested it at the top of the market in real estate or in stocks or, or whatever, in, yeah. know, something else, whatever it is, uh, you know, you'd rather just, then you can, if you like those assets, you can just buy it cheaply again mm-hmm. when, when the price comes down, but you can't do that if you don't have the cash. And so mm-hmm. it's like, so there's a double, there's a double cost to being over-invested, right? You mm-hmm. miss out an opportunity and you also lose the money. Right. So it's, and I've been telling people this for a long time. People thought it called me foolish because the market was going up. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah. So the market goes up. It doesn't mean that this is not, that you shouldn't have cash on the side. All those big guys, like Warren Buffett, you know, Zell, all those guys, massive amounts of cash on the side, even though the market was rising Mm -hmm. because they knew that that can change in an instant. Absolutely. and they want to be ready for that. And it wasn't like they're out of the market. Like no, they're not of course out not. of yeah. the market. They're just, they're in the market, but they're, they're getting more and more selective about yeah. what they're continuing to own and, and you know, doubling down on stuff that they, that they really feel confident in, also that they think is going to ride it out and has long-term mm-hmm. value. They don't care about sort of fluctuations in the price. 
but they need cash because you know when the you know when 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 inevitable happens, mm-hmm. that's when you really make money. Like that's yeah. when you money buying yeah, cheap. The big the big the best example I have of having cash on hand is still Warren Buffett getting 10% plus warrants from Goldman Sachs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Goldman Sachs, you know, the pristine, but even they came, I don't know, I necessarily think hat in hand, but basically said, Hey, we need to sure up our reserves. Warren Buffett, you're like one of the last guys standing with cash. We'll basically give you everything you want. Yeah. And you know he made a lot of money uh, by, by holding that. And then the warrants, I mean, he printed billions of dollars. It was yeah. amazing. And listen, I mean, you know, JP Morgan did this in the, in the panic of 1907, Absolutely. right? I mean, like he was the guy who had the money, right? And like people were, se- all the panic, the famous panics of, you know, the panic of 1873, the panic of, I mean, it was like 1857, 1873, 1893, 1907, right? And like, I think it was, what was it like? The Great Depression before the Great Depression was like, was it 19, 1893? That was they called yeah. it was about the Great Depression. I think Correct. that was the one. Yeah, late 18, and, yep. Yeah, and and then the Great Depression happened and it was even worse. You know, so, but the, the guys like Jay Gould and mm-hmm. Vanderbilt and those guys always use those, you know, Rockefeller use those as opportunities for sure to, to buy out their rivals, like you know, pennies on the dollar, right, to pick up, I mean, that was, that was their, their MO, right? Yeah. I mean, they, Cash is an option on future opportunities. That's yeah, what it is. Exactly. Yeah. So it's amazing stuff. Again, folks, I just want to tell you, if this is your first time going through it, A, it will end. I promise you that. I can't tell you when, but it will end. Uh, good times will come back. Uh, I do think we had the last two years was easy money. The next two years will be very hard money. Uh, but again, there will be some people that do great things. They will they will buy amazing assets. There will be legacy wealth built in the next couple of years, but that also means some people are going to lose. Um, so again, well, let's just talk about this a little bit more. Sure. We do a couple more minutes, but um, I mean, so technically speaking, anyway, right yep. for recessions, mm-hmm. I mean, the pain lasts longer because it does take time for un- for employment to ramp back up, things like that. However. Really, I mean, at the longest, recessions last about two years. And most of the time, they're much shorter, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, financial crises tend to be longer because they're, when you have a liquidity crisis, Correct. And it takes a long time for banks to feel comfortable lending again, mm-hmm. right? So that they last longer because, and they have to unwind all those bad positions. But on the other hand, sort of individually speaking, even it's kind of like worst case scenario, usually doesn't, even in a recession, right? Let's say you get 10, 10% unemployment. It means that 90% of the people are working. And it means that as an individual, generally speaking, within six months, you can find a new job if you lose your job. Yeah. That's why you need that reserve, that six months reserve fund in cash, mm-hmm. right? To get you, to tide you over through that period. So even if things do get bleak, what you need to know is if you've prepared for it, you can get through it. You'll see daylight on the other end. And it's not, the recession may continue, but your personal recession will be over, right? And mm-hmm. and so and then if you're if you're really well prepared, there will be opportunities. And the other thing is that the the amount of business creation that happens during recessions is pretty pretty is amazing. Pretty, pretty amazing because people lose their jobs and they're like, well, time to start a business, or mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't find a job. I've got to start a business, or I hated that job anyway. I'm going to start a business, 
So there's a lot of great stuff. It's 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 the truck. It's like the winter, right? Like mm-hmm. if you think about it, it's the winter for the economy when Absolutely. all the like, seeds are under the ground, like all getting ready for spring, and then spring happens and all the the green shoots come up. So don't don't despair about a recession, yes. but don't despair. Prepare. Right. Yeah, that's the whole thing I'm trying to preach is you need to prepare for it. I've been talking about it pretty hard for the last six months. Prepare for it so you can thrive. Yeah. Again, recessions are where real deals are created. You're buying assets on sale. And these may be things you hold forever. I, I have several apartment buildings that I bought at the bottom that I will likely never sell because they were bought at such crazy prices. So, yeah. Yep. Jonathan, where can people find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Facebook in the multifamily investment community. Just search for it on Facebook and uh, I'll let you in. Uh, you can also find me on my website, uh, Two Bridges Asset Management. Just Google it. It's easier to do that than for you to, for me to tell you what the URL is. <laughs> uh, the, uh, I have an active deal. If you are an accredited investor and you want to find out about that deal, go to the investor form at Two Bridges Asset Management and uh, you can get on my, my list and I will mail you the details. Uh, and if you want to learn about how to be a syndicator or just how to buy apartment buildings the right way, even if you don't want to syndicate, if you've got the funds to do it yourself, uh, you can join my coaching program, which is very reasonable. And you can find that at multifamilylaunchpad.org slash join. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for the week. Thanks, Michael. Absolutely. See you next week.